Welcome to the Essential Church Podcast. Our goal is to strengthen and equip church and ministry leaders just like you through practical and theological discussions about some of the most pressing and important issues facing the local church today. We feature conversations with members of our team here at New Life Church in Colorado Springs, Colorado, as well as interviews with authors and thinkers from around the world. You can follow The Essential.Church on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, watch episodes on our YouTube channel, and also subscribe to our podcast via iTunes and Spotify, where you'll find a full archive of previous conversations. And now, here is this week's episode of the Essential Church Podcast. Welcome to this episode of the Essential Church Podcast, an ongoing conversation about some of the most important issues facing the local church today. I'm your host, Andrew Arndt, and today I'm going to take you to a two-part conversation that I had recently with Pastor Brad Baker and Pastor Sarah Jackson around the rule of life. Uh, Pastor Brad and Pastor Sarah help oversee our staff development here at New Life Church and recently re- led a workshop on how to develop a personal rule of life. And I sat there, I talk about this in the podcast, but I sat there that day thinking how remarkable it was that an evangelical, charismatic mega church like ours would be leading a staff workshop on this ancient form of spirituality known as the rule of life. And so I thought this would be super fun to talk about. So we have a two-part conversation that we've more or less broken up into kind of like a rule of life 101 and then a rule of life 201. So for those of you that don't maybe have very much experience with rule of life, don't know what it is, uh, the first conversation is really for you, talking about the nuts and bolts of a rule of life. It's grounding in the gospel and in a life of prayer and so on and so forth. So it's a great kind of overview. And then in 201, the second part, we get into some of the perils and pitfalls of dealing with a rule of life. How do we prevent it from becoming a form of works righteousness? How do we prevent it from squelching the life of the Spirit? And how do we make sure that it actually serves the people in our lives? It was a great conversation. I can't wait for you to enjoy it. Without further commentary from me, here's to the interview. Let's shift into a bit of 201. This is maybe for the person who's a little bit more experienced uh, with the rule, but I want to ask some of these questions. These are things that have occurred to me over the years as I've tried to live with various forms of the rule of life. Um, but the first question I want to ask is, and I didn't. This isn't in the questions that I sent you guys, but it occurred to me while we were talking in the last episode. Um, talk about for a second. How is it? How is the rule of life compatible with life in the spirit? So mm-hmm. I'm born and raised charismatic. You guys, mm-hmm. I think, more or less are reared kind of in the charismatic world as well. So it can feel like, wait, isn't this just a thing that's going to squelch spontaneity in the mm-hmm. life of the spirit? Um, I think when you get into it, it's not that. But can you talk about that for a second? How, how do we prevent the rule of life yeah. from becoming a thing that quenches the Spirit's fire? One of the key elements of a, treating the rule of life as sort of this living, active thing is the practice of discernment. And discernment is listening for God, listening to God. And so if we are... If we are living our lives in, um, Lord willing, an openness, a softness of some kind, of a willingness to make ourselves vulnerable so that we both hear God and attend to God, then we can trust in the initiation of the Spirit. Our role is response, right? So even a rule of life is really a response to the initiation of the Spirit. How do you get more, you know second by second than that, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. the Spirit does actually have something to say to us. Mm. And so keeping ourselves in a listening posture is life with the Spirit. So good. What would you say, Brad? Yeah, uh, boy, first off, like my bent 
is so to the spontaneous in the moment, like what's happening right now, like, yeah. you know, kind of believing the lie of like stumbling into a rich life in God is like, mm-hmm. that is my natural bent. And what I have found is that as I've leaned more into the structure of rule of life, I just look at it as like, I'm increasing my capacity to receive the life of the Spirit, to walk in the Spirit. I'm thinking about it more often. It's because it's in every fabric of my life. Like I can't look at a part part of my life and not say, how does the Lord factor into this? Where is the Lord and and my brother and sister in this? Yeah. And so it keeps me much more at at a better baseline. Yeah. And so like... Those moments that we all love, like let's say they're in a in a corporate worship setting, that they're like they're they're peak moments. They're like moments of, of culmination. It feels like um, I'm. I feel like I'm even better positioned to like go to those spaces. Yeah. And for them to be fruitful for me and for others, versus yeah. just a moment of euphoria in the presence of Lord. Yeah. It's like I'm already there to a large degree, and I'm able to go to this space and and experience God. And then I feel like I'm more in tune with the spirit if I if I've been pressed into the rule of life, and I I, I more quickly it more quickly flows out of me to others. Yeah. Um, and so I don't I don't see those two things in opposition at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. to me they are one in the same, um, in many ways, or, uh, or they fuel one another. I love yeah. what you guys are yeah. saying. I was thinking while Sarah was talking that, um, I mean these are things that I think the way that I think about it is that it's not. It doesn't squelch the life of the spirit because this is what the spirit and I have worked on ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this because is we, this the is the life yeah. of the spirit <laughs> is that I have said to the Lord, search me, O God, and know my yeah. heart. Test me and know my innermost thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me and mm-hmm. lead me in the way everlasting. And then the spirit starts revealing to you the ways that you've been living and they're out of sync with the kingdom. Yeah. So it's agreed upon ahead of time. But it's also like, I keep bringing up Dallas Willard because he changed so much of my thinking about spiritual disciplines. But like one thing that he said in his wonderful book, The Spirit of the Disciplines, mm-hmm. so many years ago, was he gave the comparison to like a, an athlete. I mean, what you're yeah. doing in the spiritual disciplines is you're conditioning your mind and your body, your spirit, your muscles even, to be able to be spontaneous when the moment calls for it. Mm-hmm. So there are so many times, just to use the example of prayer and scripture reading for me, that Prayer and scripture reading is thoroughly unspectacular. Yes. Yeah. You're sitting there just reading the Bible, and these are words that you've read over and over again, and you don't have any dramatic encounter with God, and nothing spectacular and amazing happens. But somehow, the life of the Spirit and the scripture itself is insinuating itself into your soul so that when you encounter that situation in the middle of the day where Psalm 23 is called for, Psalm 91 is called for, something from the Beatitudes is called for because you've lived in it, like you've habituated yourself Mm -hmm. into the reality of Scripture, it comes flowing out. So in Mm -hmm. that way, it's like the rule actually can amplify, I'd say, the life Mm -hmm. of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. 100%. What do you guys think about, okay, if, uh, if one concern is that the rule might squelch the life of the Spirit... I think another concern that a lot of evangelicals and Protestants would have with some of this stuff, this is some of our hesitation around spiritual disciplines, is people will say, well, that's, you know, first of all, St. Benedict was a Catholic, which he wasn't, but they'd say that. And then they'll go, and you know, they're just all about works righteousness over there. Isn't this just works righteousness? What do you guys think about that? (laughs) How would you respond to that? (laughs) Oh, our labels. Um, Stumper. Wow. I think there's a... There's such a spirit of humility around the invitation to 
take a look at our life. And I don't know if, I think if we're labeling something as works righteousness, we're already, we're already making a judgment about the intent behind it. Yeah. What is an intention of uh, a rule of life when it's used properly is, I want to know Christ. I want to experience the mm. richness of the life of God. And I want to be aligned mm. with where Christ is sending yes. me, where yeah. what Christ yes. is asking of me. What you know, I don't want anything about my life to be off on its own way, which is autopilot, the way of destruction, mm -hmm. right? And so if the intention isn't, how can I become a better Christian than Brad, then we're probably not going to fall into works righteousness, mm -hmm. right? What yeah. do you think? And who can be a better Christian than Brad well, anyway? Well, no one, I mean, that's so. what I discerned. If but, you only knew, yeah. friends. <laughs> if you only knew. Yeah, I, I just think it, yeah, it, it comes down to like, okay, are, do you think that because you, you've heard that about the rule of life right. or mm -hmm. you're... Or maybe you're resistant to anything that sort of presses into every the fabric of your life, and you're like, this is too invasive, and I don't want to analyze every area of my life. And if I do, then am I going to feel awful and just live under this sense of condemnation? And like, I have to dig out and do better, and like, I'm always, you know, a sense of shame because I can't do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so to, to that, I, I would just say, like, start really simple. Sure. Like, mm -hmm. think really simply about the rule of life. Mm -hmm. Time with God, time with others, you know, yep. like start there but and like have, see. Have you guys ever had, I mean, I know, so when we say like works righteousness and right. we're, you know, um, we're not doing this to earn favor with God, but if you guys were honest, haven't you had weeks where it was like, I killed it with my rule of life. <laughs> Rarely. I mean, no. Okay. It shows it's not simple uh, enough. Yeah. It, it, well, it is a work. Because it would be I would easy to fall, the other. fall into yeah. backpatting. You yeah. know what I mean? We're like, yeah. I did it. Okay, great. And what I'm feeling good about is that I accomplished all the things on my list. Right. <laughs> not that it yeah. threw me into deeper communion with God and yeah. other people. You I know? think that's where the community comes in. I think the, the works righteousness aspect of it is – it really is highlighted in the temptation to make this just about me and my right, life, right? Right. But when I'm willing to talk with someone about my intentions and my actions, that opportunity for humility is going to come at me real fast. Yes, <laughs> right, right, right. To actually have someone holding up a mirror to my life. Yep. Um. And and if it's a, if it's someone who understands the spirit of the rule. Their their correction their their right. invitations will be gentle enough that totally. I'm willing to you know to receive them. But yeah, and um, we yeah. need to so we need to say more about that because I think that's one of the mm -hmm. big perils of a rule of life mm -hmm. is that a person goes off they read Seeking God the Way of Saint Benedict mm -hmm. and all of a sudden their imagination starts going into this like uh, this uh, illusory land of monkery that they would like to be able to live in, but they can't for some reason, but they're going to try to make it work yeah. somehow. And so they craft a rule of life that is beautiful and the monks in their way would sign off on, <laughs> but it's not actually like compatible with their yes. life as it is. So talk for a little bit about how do we set up a rule of life that is actually compatible with our lives and that actually serves the people in our lives? Yeah. Yeah, there, to me, there's this fine balance between crafting a rule of life that feels just really cozy for you, like this just fits me, um, and then one that's impossible to achieve um, or uh, impossible to to reach towards, like just it's completely unrealistic. And for me, the... The the aim is somewhere in the middle. 
Like I want my rule of life to challenge me a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I also don't want the rule of life to be so disconnected from what I could actually engage in that it end up just I end up feeling like bad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I think knowing again, going back to the something we said earlier, like knowing your stage of life and knowing how you're wired, yeah, super important. Like for me, um, sometimes the mornings are not the best time. They're often the best time, Mm -hmm. but sometimes they're not for my personal devotional time. So rather than freak out when when it's not, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, like I have a lot of later night commitments or a lot of kids' activities, like I just adapt Mm -hmm. and squeeze it into a different part of my day. Mm -hmm. Um, So I- I, Because you don't want to make your family foot the bill Right. For your spiritual ambition, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's like, oh my gosh, you, you, and that's why there's for me, even though rule implies inflexibility. Yeah. Like to me, that just says like, here is what you're aiming for. Here is the standard by which you're you're looking to uh, build your life on, build your life in Christ around. Um, but really, there's so much flex because the goal isn't the rule. The goal right. is Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's right. The goal isn't the rule. The goal is deep abiding and and deep connection in your community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I always remind myself of that when I'm like, more often than not, I'm like, man, that that week was not so great. Yeah. Right. In terms of the rule as I've drafted it, but like, was it great in the sense of my connection with God and others? Yes. Yeah. Well, usually, yeah. I, hopefully, most weeks I go, yeah. Yeah. Still Sarah, happened. what would you say about yeah. that? You're a pastor at New Life Downtown. You homeschool your girls. You got a pile of responsibilities. Mm-hmm. How, how do you craft a rule that's actually compatible with mm-hmm. your life and serves the people in your life? Um, well, let me answer that by going back to what you were talking about around, like, what is the communal aspect of this? I see it in two ways, and we talked in the first part about how a rule addresses our life with God, our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with others. So for me, there's two aspects of this that get really practical. One is the how I'm living and how it fits into the communities that I'm a part of, right? So yes, I think of my congregation, and then I also think of the people that live in the same house that I do. So there are elements about my intentions and my habits that need to be affecting the people that I live with well, and I need to be affected by them, right? So in our worshiping community, we have some natural rhythms around, you know, Sunday morning, et cetera. But if I'm listening to my community and I'm listening to God at the same time and listening to you know, my own heart and intentions and seeing if those are aligned, then I might decide, you know, for a rule of life, I want to make sure that I'm actually, I'm going to serve, actually. I don't, I'm on staff, mm-hmm. but I've decided that there's a real need in our community on Sunday mornings in a particular area. And for this amount of time, I'm really going to give some time to that as a volunteer in in service, because I feel like this is really important for the life of our community right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like looking at the needs of, of community and what God is inviting me into as far as service and et cetera. Um, for my kids right now, like we need some more delight in this house. Like we've got a lot of things that are just mm. kind of mundane rhythms. How and I feel like God's inviting me to infuse mm-hmm. this place with some more joy, so that I'm kind of working out practically how to do that. But then, secondly, um, who is traveling, companioning me in my life that I can talk to? Like when I do the work of reflection, which is really important in a rule, who is my listener? 
Mm. Who are the people that listen to me, but then who are the people that help me listen to God? Sometimes that's a spiritual friend. Sometimes it's a spouse, if that person is uh, a believer and a safe person for you as well. Sometimes you got to pay a stranger. You know, sometimes it's a spiritual director. Sometimes it's just people in your community who are also interested in this thing, and you decide to band together and meet once a month or however often to reflect. I love that because, I mean, we need other people to be involved in it Mm -hmm. or it's not going to work, which brings up one last issue. And I don't know if we're going to be able to resolve it, but this is a thing I think about a lot. So I'm so grateful that uh, Protestants and evangelicals, especially charismatics even, are discovering this and they're picking up the language of spiritual disciplines and the rule of life. And it's all of a sudden, in some ways, it's becoming a little bit trendy And uh, we're all kind of like working on our little rule of life. And there is a danger, I think, that it can become just another kind of uh, version of sort of boutique, Mm -hmm. uh, modern spirituality, again, like your effort to make your best life. And so here's the thing about like St. Benedict's rule of life, for instance, is that when you stepped into the community, you became a monk in one of St. Benedict's monasteries. Um, or later the abbeys, you know, you became a nun or whatever. You're not sitting down with the spiritual leader of that community and going like, Mm. here, I'm just crafting my own personal rule of life. What do you think about this? It was sort of like, welcome to the rule of life. You just do this. So what I'm saying is there's uh, one of the things I think that's problematic about our modern expression of it is that it can actually enshrine our ego Mm -hmm. and our vanity rather than delivering mm-hmm. us from it because somebody else is holding us to a standard that mm-hmm. we didn't desi- decide on ahead of time. And I don't know if we can answer this here, but I'm just wondering if you guys can reflect on that for a second. How do we, maybe the question is, how do we prevent this from yeah. becoming yet another ego expression? Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, a, it's a noteworthy point of discussion. And I, I don't know, this by no means solves it all, but it's an interesting idea to, in a way, open yourself up to someone else, else, else's deep input into your rule of life, mm-hmm. like or a group of people, and just saying, can I submit this to you? Mm-hmm. When, you when you look at my life and you see me living, like what in this rule of life do you like? Where, where are your concerns? Like you let go of it mm-hmm. and you say, can you, you just please... You know, and I, I think it, another way is like... It's like being transparent about what your rule is with people. Yes. And asking being, them to hold you accountable yeah, to it. Yeah, being really open and yeah. also just acknowledging like this is a living document yep. and not not treating it as the thing you serve, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but it helps you serve mm-hmm. the Lord mm-hmm. and follow Him. Um I, I, beyond that, I'm not sure, Andrew. Like it's it's a, one of those questions that I, I think is is super important, especially as this you know I'm hoping this gains mm-hmm. more visibility mm-hmm. and people dialogue with it because um, it certainly is um, a space where we can craft it and just say, wow, yeah, you know, look look at this, yeah, look mm-hmm. at this cool spiritual thing that I've yeah. done. Yeah, mm-hmm. what would you yeah. say, Sarah? What do you think about that? I, You've lived with it for a long time. I think that there is a hard invitation right now that. I think I'm even struggling to say yes to for leaders in especially evangelicalism to recognize how individualistically that we have Mm -hmm. lived and to begin to call people to a communal identity. I'm reading the second half of church. Have you guys read this? Mm 
Um, so oh, yes, yeah. by Jim Wilder yeah, and Michael exactly. Hendricks. We're exactly. interviewing Michael oh, you are? In oh, the, yeah, next okay. week. Yeah, it's coming, guys. Uh, but they're they're they talk about correction mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. how we sort of sustain a healthy community because there's a lot in there about emotional health, which I think the rule addresses mm-hmm. too. Um, but there's this invitation it, during correction. It's not like, were you living your best life? It's, oh, you forgot who we are yeah. and you forgot who yes. you are yeah. in that. And so there's this sort of communal calling mm-hmm. to, and I think, I mean, when when a monk said yes to a rule, they were saying yes to some vows. Yep. You know, we sort of water that down into like a mission statement, you know, or like, you know, pithy, catchy phrases or handles or something. But can we as leaders really sit down together and think about how do we live out our yep. calling in our context, in this part of the city, to this group of people, for this mission? How do we live this out together and even form some communal rules? Yep. And then people can sort of contextualize that into their personal disciplines as well. So good. Sounds easy, uh, right? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I've, I've lived with this long enough and have reflected on it long enough to think that uh, I think in some ways churches are like monasteries. They just don't realize it. Right. We have a sacred yeah. time that we live in that regulates community. We gather on Sundays for worship. We know there are other special moments in the church calendar. We have these other things where we're gathering together. So in a lot of ways, that orders a life. Mm -hmm. And then you also have a constellation of obligations and responsibilities in your own life that already are ordering your life to holiness. There's a wonderful book by Ronald Rollheiser called A Domestic Monastery, Mm -hmm. where he talks about this, where he talks about how all of the things like the constellation of obligations and responsibilities that include sacred obligations and responsibilities like coming to worship, those things will actually form holiness for you and they constitute your own personal monastery if you submit to them. So I think that goes back to what you were saying about trying to read the landscape of what's happening in your life. And then what you're doing is you're making decisions about what you're going to do based on what's happening in the landscape so yes. that you can rise to the level of the right. responsibilities Not and the just obligations. Not internal landscape, but mm-hmm. the external yes. landscape as well. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And we, ha- we have so emphasized the internal in yeah. many communities. Mm-hmm. Or the external, like cult- cult- the cultural landscape is what's, yeah. you know, yeah. yes. that's I true. need to be up on this show. I need to make sure that I'm kind of in with what's going on or mm-hmm. I need to ha- I, I want to be, you know, but is that really... What is our actual intention behind mm-hmm. that? You mm-hmm. know, you know. I had a thought the the other day that I don't know. It, it kind of goes along with this, but it's sort of like this realization of we all already have a rule. Of we do. Yes. To, to your point earlier, yeah. like it's already in existence. That's right. And this is just actually creating one that aligns with yes <laughs> with what right. matters most. We're tethered to something. Yeah, we're, we <laughs> yeah. are indeed, and we do. Yeah. We follow it. It's like creating, it's maybe realizing that the frame of reference is beyond us, mm-hmm. that the frame of reference is my family, my friendships, my neighborhood, and my church. And then the rule of life is not, again, I love that you said that in the first episode. It's not, how can I live my best life? Yes. It's how can I rise up into what Christ has called me into for all of these people? And if yes. it takes on a Christ now. shape... Mm-hmm then it's holy. If mm-hmm. it's something less than that, then it's just vanity is driving us along. Someone said about the rule, the way that Benedict wrote it, is that what was so profound is that it has both like grandeur and simplicity. I love that mm. paradox. There's, I think the quote was something around like, it's shallow enough for a baby lamb to bathe in and deep enough for an elephant to swim in, meaning mm. there are aspects of it that in our sort of 
you know, newness to it, or maybe we're just we've got some real low levels of maturity in different areas. It's a place for us to find some grace and some challenge. And in the parts of our life that maybe are more mature, there's depth to it mm. that continues yes. to grow us. And so it's not, it is, it is a work, but it's nothing to be afraid of, mm-hmm. you know? Well said. Mm. It does meet us right where we are, yes. mm-hmm. you know, and forces us to, to look at things. Yeah. And, Shows us where we are too. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. the Lord just, I think he so profoundly enjoys those moments where it's like, oh, I have your attention now. Yeah. yeah. And now I'm going to invite you into something new. Like sort of this idea of like, take my hand, mm-hmm. young one, mm-hmm. young Padawan mm-hmm. learner, <laughs> and I, yeah. and let me show you the way. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, my, I just even saying that, my heart comes alive. Like just this invitation. Yeah. The, rule, the rule for me is I just see the father yeah. going, come on, Brad, yeah. walk with me. Yeah. And I want to show you what this looks like in every facet of your life. Come with me into the abundant space. And I just, I just every time I just want to go... Yes, Lord, that's what I need, you know, like help me to just follow you into the space and think about my life as you would want me to, yeah. mm-hmm. all that it is and all of its beauty and complex complexity and frustration and pain, like take me, Lord, you know, into that space and let me follow you in all, in all that I do and say. And... John 10, 10, I have yes. come that they would have life and have it more abundantly. Mm-hmm. That's what the rule of life is. Mm-hmm. Yes, follow me into the abundant life. It's so true.